What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Brosens. This week, we're talking about career changes, what you need to do, what you need to know, how we've navigated it and gotten to where we are in the world. Stay tuned. See if we can give you some tips. up bro hey 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 man i'm digging that intro man it's great yeah it's not bad it's not bad uh it's all right you know like what else are you gonna do uh i don't know if somebody wants to make us a new intro they can uh oh, we'll no no i love this one man it's catchy you know, i got one uh well welcome to episode three we are filming a little later than we normally do on a different day but uh, it's all good because life happens that's why uh we make cushions for things. So apologies to everyone if I am not as on fire as I normally am. Took some pain medicine for a kidney stone. I've <laughs> suffered from for a very long time, since I was 16. Actually, maybe 15 was the first one. I don't really remember, but uh, I get them frequently due to kidney issues. So it know, is pain medicine pleasant. might make it a little more fun. <laughs> It might. I could break out the bourbon to go with the pain medicine, and then it would definitely be more fun for me. I don't know about anybody else, but it'd be more fun for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were, uh, right before the show started, we were discussing uh, office chairs uh, and car accidents. So Totally unrelated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they are unrelated. But, uh, well, I don't know. They both have to do with getting older, right? You need a good chair. This is true. And the car accident is your son's, not yours. So it's a result of getting older also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess you could say they are related, right? Back back problems. You know, you could get back, back problems. problems from a car accident. And you get a better chair. Get back problems just from being around. Oh, just we'll, living for a while. But it, we'll say they're related. Yeah. Well, let's but yes. Here. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, bro, what uh, what's been happening with you for the last week? What you what you gotten into? What's been cool? Oh man, this week. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about it, right? I mean, it, it is it is officially my tummy hurts season, right? Back to school. <laughs> I mean, the kids got got started. We were they were in school a total of what two days, and then they were out. Um. Actually, let's see. They went one, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So they were three days, and then we had a uh, hurricane-ish come through, a tropical mm, yeah. storm, really. I got so they no close from that. Uh, we got a little over an inch and a half, I mean, in a 24-hour period. And, I mean, we've had, you know, now summer storms are here in the south. We've had storms that, I don't know, dump two, three inches of rain in a matter of a couple of hours. So an inch and a half and... 24 hours. Yeah. And I mean, look, I put out Japanese beetle traps. And for those of you who don't know, um, in the South, Japanese beetles are a thing in the summer. They like to eat up your plants. We have these plastic bags that hang from a little pole. Um, and they have a, a pheromone scent thing in there that attract the beetles and they fall down in and they can't get out. That was the extent of our damage. Three of mine blew over. We, we will rebuild. We will rebuild. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. We will uh, yeah. No, Japanese. I've got a couple that my uh, my chickens love them. That's like bobbing for beetles. We we take the bag and we just dump them out in a little bucket of water, so there they can't go. fly away, and the chickens just peck at them. They nice. absolutely love it. They love it. Yeah. Back to school. So, yeah. So my kids started uh, a couple weeks ago. So uh, they go to a charter school. So they started earlier than the county school system. They run their own calendar, and it has been. 
sniffles, head colds, um, tummy aches. Yeah, I mean, you, you name it. They're, they're not faking it. You know, they're in their coughing their head off, uh, you know, it, but it's all normal. They're all getting a little more robust the older they get. It's not as severe as the, um, you know, three or four time a night projectile vomiting, like when they were really little. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, uh, there was one night where one of them started, and then by the end of the night, three out of the four had projectile vomit, and uh, that was that was a long time ago. It wasn't that long. I guess it was a couple years ago, but uh, I'm, I, I, I'm glad we're past that phase. You know, I've got one left in diapers and uh, the pull-ups, so hopefully hopefully we get it out. He's gotten to where he does not like to get changed, and I keep telling him, I'm like, well, then you know what you got to do. So the sooner we get him to that, the sooner we're out of that phase, and I'll be a happy, happy camper, man. But oh, dude, uh, when when you get out of that phase, that's like it's like getting a pay raise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> everything else just gets more expensive, though. Well, it's just true. I guess you just kind of shift where the money's going. Yeah, Christmas is not not long off. We just finished the last birthday on August 29th for the youngest, and uh, you know, me and Brittany were out last night. We uh, Took a day late anniversary date, and we were walking around and yeah, happy anniversary to you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. Seven years it doesn't uh, doesn't seem like it, but uh, anyway, we were walking around the Target, getting uh, ideas for Christmas, and yeah, you know, every year we say we're not going to <laughs> go crazy, and you know, and also not wait to the last minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we gotten better, but I mean, Amazon. Oh helps. yeah, we have too. I, I'm not gonna lie, Amazon helps a lot with that. Um, but nevertheless, yeah. last week we're always sitting there counting presents and like, is that enough? And are they equal? Uh, I mean, the equality thing amongst kids, as far as quantity count, right? Like they, they kind of keep pulse on it. The oldest one's starting to understand that his stuff costs more. So if he doesn't have the same, same quantity, uh, the, yeah, you know. he understands is, the value versus, yeah, yeah. this, this will be the first Christmas. So the uh, Waylon, uh, knows Santa is not real this year so this is the first year of uh, having one of them um we'll see how that goes because unfortunately he is not great at uh keeping his big mouth quiet at times you will get nothing (laughs) you will get nothing oh i I warned him (laughs) i warned him what would happen uh (laughs) we'll give all of your stuff to them (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, don't ruin it. You know, they, they've got, uh, you know, if, if my youngest makes it until the same age, so nine and a half, you know, we've got, uh, oh, how old is he now? Three. So we've got six and a half more years. I mean, Waylon will, he's got to keep this charade up until he's 16, right? Like, it, oh, yeah, yeah, so well. he's, he's got the bigger burden. We'll see how long, we'll see how long it goes. But I did explain to him that he now gets to do cool things like help us surprise them and be excited for learning about like what it's like to watch them get up and the kind of anticipation of watching them enjoy themselves. Um, and I did tell him he would have surprise Christmas presents on Christmas morning that me and his mom had bought him that we weren't going to, you know, so he still gets some anticipation anticipation. He's yeah. aware of that. He knows that we're not going to just put all this stuff out there. And then on Christmas, I mean, he knows he's still going to have stuff that says Santa on it, but he knows it's from us. Uh, so that yeah, this year will be a little uh, different, you know, it's, it's, oh yeah, let's say it's last not year. magical, but we, we knew the last really two years that we were broaching the end of, uh, you know, nine or 10 is about the age, you know, and, and, um, uh, look, it's Michael, like Michael's school 13. conversations and, you know, <laughs> Michael's 13, right. And, and last, so he was 12 last year and, and, you know, his Christmas was approaching, we were getting there kind of, I don't remember if it was October, November. I don't know. And Jerry's like, do you think he knows? I'm like, I'm pretty sure he knows. She's like, do you think he knows though? I'm like, I'm sure he does. He just doesn't want to say anything. And so she called him down. We called him downstairs and he's sitting there and she's like, Michael, do you, you know about Santa and everything, right? He's like, yeah, <laughs> of course I know. And she's like, well, what do you mean? He goes, she's like, do you really know? He's like, yeah, I know it's you and dad. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, yes. <laughs> it's like we're having to like wait until they go to sleep and it's late at night and trying to sneak stuff out and hide. It's like, you know what? Yeah. We buy something, we wrap it, it goes under the tree. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. I, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, me and you, I'd have to say out of all the, the things that uh, we have for growing up poor uh, and not having an upper middle class life or even a solid middle class life for the, for the, for the early part, uh, we always had great Christmases, right? I give mom and dad credit that, you know, they, they did do the extra things at Christmas, uh, and the well, mom loves Christmas. I mean, that's like, yeah, she that's does, her and, I, and, and I do thing. too. She loves to decorate, and yeah, so do I. you know, I remember her making <laughs> yeah, ornaments. You know, when we didn't have money, you know, she uh, what one year she did the uh, was it uh, cross stitch with the yep. little frames. It's not not yep. not latch hook. That's the fluffy ones. Cross stitched yeah. ornaments all year. And we mm-hmm. did uh, popcorn garland, and yep. uh, which I thought was we you sat there with needle and thread and. Popcorn and cranberries. Yeah. And, uh, man, we always had Christmas albums playing. Um, Snoopy, right? Snoopy was Snoopy. great. If you don't know, the the peanut, that is a Christmas album, regardless of what anybody says, it's a Christmas album. The so, Royal Guardsman. Yep. And uh, that was great. So, still my favorite. Yeah, it's good. So, Absolutely still my favorite. I, I, I feel the same way about Christmas. I mean, we we go all out, and so does so does Brittany. Um Oh, well, this this is good. I don't know if I, I ever tell you about the with you wrap or don't wrap Santa presents, right? It's because we grew up and, you know, the things you just assume from childhood, all of our Santa presents were wrapped unless they were like mm-hmm. a bicycle or something like that. Right. So the first two years of us having kids together and we're together and we're married, we're up like wrapping Santa presents in the middle of the night and we didn't have anywhere to put them. And she was just like, why are we wrapping Santa presents? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's Christmas. You wrap presents. It's because, oh, no, no. Santa presents are not wrapped. No one I know has wrapped Santa presents. And I'm like, what, what? kind of blasphemy <laughs> is this? Like, no, what? Yeah, so we get in this thing because, you know, the Santa presents have to have different wrapping paper if you're going to wrap them. They can't be your wrapping yep. paper. And she's like, you know, it's cumbersome. Man, it's a lot of junk to do in the middle of the night. And I'm like, okay. So I go on Facebook after that Christmas. And mm-hmm. I did a poll. I did a poll and it was like, uh, <laughs> Oh man. And like, I think it's like the best poll I've ever done amongst my friends on Facebook. And I said, Santa presents, do you wrap them or do you not? Are they wrapped or are they not wrapped? And do you know, it was 60, 40. It was very close. 60, 40 it was 60, 40 for wrapped. But then like, that was surprising. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? With four children in, close proximity to each other we're not doing it so we do not wrap santa presents now i will do tags and special bows but uh santa presents do not get wrapped now so yeah that's that's the what we what we settled on you know i mean that's i feel okay. like that's me giving in on a tradition but uh, uh milk i mean you, get you make your own right you make yeah. your own traditions right yeah oh i've got so. the christmas morning outfit that's for sure i've wore the same outfit for <laughs> Seven, six years now, six years. Uh, so the elf outfit with the elf shoes with the bell and uh, my blinking Santa hat. So I, I do, I do love me some Santa and Christmas. I am anxiously awaiting Christmas tree cakes. They are not at Walmart yet. The fall cakes are still out. I'm waiting for those blasphemous, big, the big things, heathen fall and pumpkin squishy things to go away. If little Debbie is watching, um, get them out there. Let's go. Let's go. Anyway, well, I, I've heard they're already out in some areas. I haven't, I, you know, if Walmart doesn't have them, then they're, they're not going to be anywhere else around me. Walmart's going to move through it quicker. So now granted they were down to one fall display. So I have hope that it's soon. It'll be soon. Oh yeah. No, no. The Halloween stuff is up now and in the department stores. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. it's, it's just a matter. In fact, I will say this. I was in, where was I at? In BJ's warehouse this past weekend. I think it was BJ's and we were walking around shopping and I happened to look up, you know, because it's, it's big box warehouse, right? So they always have, you should always look up to see what's coming next. Cause they always get the stuff that's getting ready to come out. It's up on and there. They were all the Christmas trees and everything. So that's, mm-hmm. yep. Just a matter of a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, what, uh, what flashback you got this week, man? Like, I don't, I don't know that I've got anything that really, Rung with me. I mean, I heard Axel F on a TikTok, and that strung it up for me a little bit. That was that was pretty good. I hadn't heard that in a while. Oh, Iconic riff of the eighties, man. It just you know, and it's 
it's sad. There's been a lot of a lot of '80s folks that have ever been kind of you know that were really big have kind of started passing away um, mm. in the news recently, and it's it's been tough. You know, you you see see all these famous folks that you had growing up as a child were kind of your your idols and your heroes, and they start start getting older, and you're like, oh, really sucks. But you know, flashback wise, I you know this past week. It's been interesting, right? So I'm not sure if you remember, probably not. But so Thursday was was um, would have been my my biological father's 72nd birthday, and he passed away 13 years ago. And so, um, you know, this week has been a little bit tough for me, you know, because because of the you know those we talked about a little bit before, you know, it comes and goes, and it's two really twice a year that I struggle with it a little bit. And it's his birthday, and then of course the day he passed. But so this week was a little bit rough, but. You know, it's funny. We were talking about Christmas earlier, and you know, some of some of some really really good memories. You talk about how we we really didn't have a lot, but you know, Christmas time we always did. And then, you know, there were some funny Christmas stories. I mean, between you and I, I mean, we still do this every Christmas. It's always whoever gets up first. We always text the other one. Still asleep? You awake? <laughs> you, you awake yet? You asleep? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, so those were always good. good, you know, it was always because we shared, you know, we had, again, lived in a small, small wall trailer um, or a small house, either, you know, one, depending on where we were at, but we shared a room and we had bunk beds. And so it was like, it was always a matter of trying to see who would get up first on Christmas morning and then mm-hmm. wake the other one up. And it was like, really? I was asleep. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you know, I had no problem going to sleep. So that's, that's where I originally is. He was the one. He was the top bunk. <laughs> yeah. And he could not go to sleep. So he'd wake me up. Hey, you asleep yet? John, you asleep yet? And and so I'd wake, well, not now. Like, you know, <laughs> and then Christmas morning, I'm the one getting up early. And I, I remember, oh man, what was uh what was it? Oh, Tiger. I think it was Tiger. We had Tiger a long time. And yeah. uh, our cat the tiger forever. Yeah. So we were living in the trailer, and I got up one Christmas night, and I guess she was a kitten or really obviously young still, because we were in the trailer, right? So I'd however old she would have been had a cat a long time you're right i thought about that yeah, anyway and like i w- walked out to go in the living room and look and she attacked me like i'm talking flying like just caught me <laughs> unexpected like she came out of the tree and like so i guess she the lights drove her crazy or something it was scared the crap out of me i was what five or six like scared All right. the little so, so out of me. <laughs> flashback flashback here related story and i'm going to ask you this question so what do you put in your kids stockings today oh <laughs> you know where i'm going with this but i'm going to ask what yeah, do you put in your kids stockings yeah, today yeah yeah um they they do get toys they can play with uh even though oddly enough they're not up before me and 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 Brittany <laughs> we get up before them um they get candy i i have been expressly prohibited from placing those items <laughs> into their stocking i uh, they are persona non grata um because with the oldest having adhd something will get oh, yeah. blown up in the house probably a <laughs> finger or a hand but so so what we're alluding to here is we <laughs> out of all the things that our 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 parents did and this is this if this doesn't personify gen x right here i don't know what does <laughs> yeah we got yeah. in our stocking a very traditional Christmas gift that goes in your stocking: firecrackers and bottle rockets. The real deal. <laughs> yeah, and, the uh, real deal. <laughs> you, you know, I remember one one Christmas morning, <sighs> and, and the reason why, and they were fine. Like lighters, matches, like they were laying around everywhere because everybody smoked, so it's not like they had to give them to us. <sighs> they were fine with us going outside and setting them off first thing Christmas morning. My dad did not want to get out of bed and he did not want to be bothered because they'd stay up all night. And it's one of the few times a year I ever presents. remember seeing them, <laughs> them drinking. Like they'll have like wine or something. Yeah. And uh, th- that's one thing that mom and dad did not drink. There was never really alcohol in our house mm. at all. Yeah. Uh, and, and which is weird because they met in a bar. Uh, so yeah. Another day, another story. But one year we were actually at our, our, our granddad's, uh, my dad's dad's house, pop. And, we did Christmas there, so we woke up one morning that Christmas morning and had the stock and fireworks in it. So we go outside with our cousin Greg, uh, who's about my age, and 
for whatever, I landed this one just right. It snowed, and it seemed like it's like it snowed a lot more back in the eighties. You know, we were in the mountains. It was like it did. Yeah, so it's on the windward side of the the Appalachians. Anyway, so the the point is, there was probably a foot of snow outside. It was quite a bit of snow, and man, I landed the perfect bottle rocket mortar shot to his Tonka trunk right into the cab of the truck and blew it up. I mean, just like, <laughs> boosh. I mean, the cab separated. It looked like a car bomb went <laughs> off in the thing. Uh, and I, I just, I will never forget that. I feel like I probably, you know, I, I probably should send him a Tonka trunk. I, you should. I, I, I broke his truck. Uh, you should totally. That's back when they were all metal too. Just, just for reference, like it, it peeled it back. It was, uh, yeah. firework bottle rockets are not great for small children although yeah no we we do not recommend well I mean, we used well, to play war and shoot roman candles at each other too and use real bb yeah. guns that's we'll talk that, that might get us taken down we won't talk about that one education yeah, so you had a flash so what made you flash back to the stocking stuffers oh i just, i don't know it just i guess we've been doing the same thing kind of thing we were planning christmas and trying to think about you know how do we get ahead again? Right. It's like, what are you going to get the kids this year? And they just got me when, then we had this conversation. So it kind of just triggered it, but yeah, this, the, you know, we, we had a lot of fun as kids. I mean, we didn't have much. And I think, you know, we've, we've said that quite a bunch. And and I think the point we try to make with that is, is we didn't have a lot, but we did have a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we spent time oh, together. Man, I remember, we, like, we, our, we did yeah, a lot our, of crazy stuff. We did. Like we, we had, um, so for what it's worth, we invented snowboarding um, yeah. because we were so poor. We were unaware that snowboarding was an actual real activity. We knew skiing existed, but snowboarding, psh, no. So we took sleds and invented snowboarding, uh, just doing snowboarding things. Those other things we did. Oh, we had, uh, you know, bath towels for capes and played in the woods, a lot of time in the woods. And How about the roller racer? Oh, the roller racer was great, man. We we lived in this just early 70s, late 60s house with raised paneling that was rough. Like, you know, you think about paneling, you think you just the old woods got the grooves, but this stuff was dark. It was almost black. If I if, it was literally memory, tree bark. I mean, that's yeah, what it was. It was, like, it was tree bark was on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh we had a gravel driveway, uh, but previously we'd had a paved driveway. So my parents had gotten me a roller racer for Christmas one year. If you don't remember a roller racer, it was a little red triangle seat handlebars out front and it sat on the ground with like uh, roller uh, skate wheels and you move the handle back and forth. And, and as a result of motion, you would go forward. Well, we had gotten to where we were running up and down the hallway in this thing and hardwood floors, man, hardwood floors, tree bark paneling. So then we'd have to go, it's middle of summer. We'd have to go get the winter gloves out because we were scraping our knuckles across. And it's also oh. worth mentioning, by the way, that we always lived in rental houses. I, I'm going to guarantee our parents never got a deposit back because of us anywhere Probably. ever their entire existence. They just gave up hope of ever getting deposits back. Uh, just, it wasn't, Probably. wasn't going to happen back then. Uh, yeah. So, uh, go-kart that was, that was Bluntville, Tennessee, man. That's where you got busted with the go-kart out on the interstate driving it with a pair of ice grips. Yeah. I had to drive it with ice grips because the steering wheel broke off when I crashed it and I couldn't weld it back on because I was like, I don't know. What 12, 13? I, I didn't know how to weld. So it is use vice grips. It worked, right? I mean it did work. I come mean, on. How how, yeah, how more Gen X can you be? Adapt and overcome. And uh, where right. were you going? Where were you going? Why why were you driving the go-kart on the I interstate? Was, I was I was going to to see someone. A girl that I was interested uh, in. You can take the dog out of the pound, but you can't take the pound out of the dog. Anyhow, so I think her name was Amanda. Amanda, if you're watching, I think it might have been Amanda. But let us know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just I don't know. That just rings. Uh, It's for some reason. I was almost kidnapped from that house. I don't know if I've ever told you that. I was taken out the trash. I was almost kidnapped one night. Yeah. Yep. Or maybe not. Maybe they thought I was lost. But I was scared enough that I took off running. We'll we'll save that for another show. Yeah. Yeah. And we lived across from a biker house. That's important to know. We lived across when I say bike, I'm talking outlaws, hell's angels, like the real deal. But you know what? Didn't nobody jack around around our house. We never had a problem. They would party, but like, look, these are big. Like we lived out the county. Like you're talking like our, our house was on like four or five acres that we had to push mow. That on top of a, a hill. 
That is not I mean, a that's joke. That's not a joke. We, we had yeah. to push more like four acres with yeah, a, it was two push mowers. Take both of us all day. The creek at the bottom too. We had the creek that the ran creek. through the. Oh, bottom. That's pretty cool it's woods like, down there though. Yeah. 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 It's a nice little place to hang out and hide down there. Yeah. Well, hey. So speaking of changes, right? Like things change, traditions change, jobs change, right? Like that's jobs what we change. talked about this week. We were gonna discuss a little bit on our our uh, advice column. You know, you said you had been approached a couple times uh, the past oh, week yeah. or two with people looking to career hop, and and my wife is currently trying to change job roles, um, also careers, you know, the, the focus of her career. She's been in retail management for uh, eight, nine years now. She's wanting to move to HR. So that's a little bit of a career change. I went through a career change. You went through a career change. You, you, you know, several times, both of us, several times through career yeah. change. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a scary, can be a scary leap to go out there and do that. And you just feel like you don't belong. You know, that you're going after something that you're not really qualified for or should be doing, uh, I think is one of the biggest things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. What, what's, what's, been, what's been your experience with changing careers? So, yeah, so this, like you said, this is timely. It's come up a couple times. I've had a good friend of mine who's looking to change his career. Uh, I had another person that I've worked with previously, um, which actually I put them, I think in contact with you as well to talk because they're interested in kind of in a marketing job, you know, it has come up. And, and so I, like you said, changed, I've changed careers a few times, but never really thought about it because most of them were just job to job. Uh, got out of the military. I was in the military for five years, U S Navy, and then came out and I was kind of in it still in the Navy. So that wasn't really a career change. Exactly. Um, but I went to work at a financial institution and I was there for almost 20 years as an IT kind of pro consultant engineer guy. And you did that same kind of work for a long time. And then back in 2019, I had an opportunity to change direction. Um, and there, there were kind of a handful of reasons why I needed to change. Um, I won't go too deep into that, but bottom line was it was, a, it was a right time. But you talk about scary. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've been doing the same work for 26 years. It's like, yeah, this is I remember we I talked know. about it, you know? And I mean, so, yeah, one of the things, and I, and I told him, and, and I, I guess this is what I would tell anybody when I think about this. And I've trained a lot of people in leadership and management for retail operations. So, talk about career change. I was a cop at one point. You know, I kind of, once I settled through my late teens, um, by the time I was 20, I realized I wanted to be a police officer. Originally, I was going to join the Navy, like my brother. And uh, decided to go law enforcement. I, I got a job in the records division of uh, the local police department. <laughs> and then once I was old yeah. enough, you know, I uh, became a police officer. Um, so, you know, but once I got out of that, I did bounce around for a while, did some security work, ended up in loss prevention, which really was starting me down retail. Da da da. Really got good at retail operations, general manager, that kind of stuff. And, well, I would train people, and that's kind of the conversation I had with you. So when you're thinking about changing a career field, it's not like you can never go back, right? Which mm-hmm. is kind of what I, I told Eddie. I, I said, you know, I said, it's it's a big change. And, you know, you're, you're talking about going from full-time employee to a contract position um, at that point in time. And I was like, but if it doesn't work out in six months, no, you're not going to land probably back you could he left on great terms i mean they oh yeah him. he's just not like he left on bad terms or anything i was like but you can always he's lucky enough to live in an area that employs quite a few it people so it's very yeah. that's the silicon valley of the east i guess and i was like you can always go back right so i tell people have this mental image of like what you've accomplished as a safety ladder right so you got this rope with the little rung right the carabiner on it and you click it on that rung you know, and if you're going up the ladder, great, but sometimes you got to jump ladders. But just understand that when you jump, that it's still clipped on over here. When you get a hold of the other ladder, you can reach over and unclip it and clip it on the new ladder. And when you think about it in those terms, it, the only thing really standing between you and going for it is a little bit of ego. I mean, you need to set yourself up financially to make sure that you're not, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, going to like it's going to be detrimental to you financially if you have to take a little bit of a step back. I mean, truth is Brittany will probably to go from 
a salaried, experienced store manager of almost a decade to an entry-level HR position to start with for six to 12 months will probably be making less money, but she'll have a better quality of life. And then in the long run, the career advancement and the career path is hecka better and a lot less stress on, on her. So, oh, yeah, yeah I, that's my number one piece of advice for people. And it's kind of like what I told you. I'm like, dude, you can always go back to it, right? Like what's, what's six to 12 months out of your life to go try to accomplish what you want to accomplish? Right. And I think that, I think the, probably the first thing to do, right. Or the first thing that hit me, right. And this is one, one to kind of, that's, it's a big one that I keep hearing. It keeps coming up, but it's imposter syndrome, right. And people, mm-hmm. people are afraid. I was afraid, you know, it's like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. I don't know. And I, and then I found this story, right. That this guy, his name's Neil. I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I'll probably, it's Gaiman, Gaiman, G-A-I-M-A-N. So he's an author, got invited to this big thing. Right, a bunch of famous, you know, brilliant scientists, et cetera, you know, artists, whatever. You know, he's an author or whatever. And here he is. He's he's kind of standing back, kind of thinking to himself, I don't belong here. These people are gonna figure me out. I'm not supposed to be here. Typical classic imposter syndrome. And so he bumps into this guy in the back of the room that's kind of hanging out, feeling the same way too. And this dude's like, Man, I don't I don't belong here either. And, you know, just so happened the guy's name was Neil, too. And he's talking to him. So these two Neils are talking, you know, hey, your name's Neil. My name's Neil. And they're having a chat and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, yeah, I don't belong here either. These people are just like really too smart. I haven't really done anything. Just kind of went where I was supposed to go when I was supposed to. And this author was like, wow. He's like, if this dude is feeling this way. Why, it's not that big of a deal, right? I mean, look what he did. And this other Neil, whom he happened to be talking to, was freaking Neil Armstrong. And this <laughs> dude was like, yeah, I don't belong here with all these people. Like, come on. If Neil Armstrong has imposter syndrome and can deal with it, everybody can, right? So yeah, that's really, really key is just, just getting out of your comfort zone and say, you know what? I, I can, you know, fake it till you make it if you have to, whatever. Just give it a try. Don't be afraid to do something different. And once I kind of got over that and was like, okay, you know what? Had the conversation with my wife because making that career change, you know, and if you're married and you're in that situation, obviously there's a lot of other pieces and factors that go into it besides just, hey, I want to change careers. You know, you have to look at the financial aspect of it. And that's kind of where we were at. And so, um, you know, and I did, I ended up writing a blog post, um, and, you know, when we get these things posted, we'll put, we'll figure out how we can get the links up there in the comments and everything. And I'll, I'll, I'll share a link to a post that I did, um, on kind of my, I, I don't know if you call it a six step process to, to changing careers, but you know, it's kind of a little bit about my journey, how I got there and, and, and some suggestions that I have. But I think the biggest thing is be, if, be willing to step outside of your comfort zone, do something different, um, is, is probably the, the biggest piece of advice. I mean, and, there, and there's several others too. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's funny, the imposter syndrome, I've had two coworkers this past week bring that up to me. You know, one of them, um, I, I'm not gonna say I'm mentoring. I'm not, he's actually been at the company longer than I have been at the company for seven and a half years. Uh, I've been in my current role in marketing for almost two and a half, not quite two and a half. But he's been the company a little over 10 and a half years. He was in the Marine Corps. He's a disabled veteran. Really super great guy. And uh, gets crap done. I mean, typical Marine. Like, just going to go get it done no matter what it takes and figure it out and stick to it until he does. Literally, right. not pun intended, he's bulldogging it. Like, he's just on it. And right. so, yeah, I mean, then actually his boss mentioned it. So she mentioned that she felt like she had imposter syndrome in a conversation I was having with her. And, you know, when I switched over to the marketing department, I'll be very clear with everybody. I've got a lot of education, but I am one of those people, Eddie will tell you, I have a lot of credit hours that are not related. (laughs) So I technically do not have a degree, but um, I probably have 140 or 150 undergrad hours that I just cannot. They span from sociology to law enforcement to, you know, criminal justice. Uh, and political science. And then my ex-wife, so oddly enough, 
that's weird. I helped her get her MBA. Like I helped her through her undergrad and business, but that's basic stuff. But she was traveling a lot for work. So she'd be like, ah, oh, I forgot to write a paper. Can you write this paper? So I'd have to go back in like a day or two, read everything and write, write the friggin' paper for her. Uh, so I, I tell people I have an MBA, but I don't have the cheap skin to prove it. So it's, it's interesting because sometimes at work people are like, do you have an MBA? And I'm like, no, no, I don't, but it's okay. Uh, Anyway, the point I the point I'm bringing up is, you know, everyone assumes that, and I think Eddie will will maybe back me up on this. We we both have had um, interaction or in career positions where we interact with high level executives in our respective companies, and um, I'd be very careful how I choose my words here because I don't want anything anyone to give us straight. They're very smart people, and they deserve to be in their role. And, and I'm not saying that brown nosing like. More power to them because they are roles that I personally, I, I would not want. I would not want to be a C-suite. Like mm-hmm. it, it is a different level of. Uh, oh look, my watch is going off. Uh, anyway, a different level of stress on you at that point. So it's a reason why C-suite and executives have mandatory annual business physicals. They have to take. Most people don't know that is it's so stressful you could die of a heart attack pretty quick. But the idea that they come into a situation all knowing Oracle just is not true. I guess that's the best way I'm trying to put it. What they do is they build teams and accomplish goals that the team set forward. And you try to do that in the most efficient and profitable way that you can. And so what happens is, and I'll take me, for example, I went from being a store level manager running a single retail store to a corporate marketing position where I am, three direct reports away from the CEO of the company. So, uh, you know, I'm exposed to that. And and kind of my personal mentor work since I've started with the company is now when we started, he was just a regional vice president, right? So he was, but he has worked his way up and he is now at at the C-suite level. And he is still kind of my personal mentor. And I have the absolute utmost respect for him. He has given me great personal advice and and you know one of the reasons i'm really loyal to where i am is is because of him and you know he told me he's like you know look i'm gonna work with you we're gonna do this and i was having some problems he goes i don't want to see you leave he said not because you're great work he said you're a good person and we need good people he said at the end of the day we just need good people that want to be good people and i know that they have the they're trying to do the right thing that meant more to me than praising any job performance i ever had but i'm pretty good at my job anyway so going from that level to the corporate environment, uh, you know, my first business trip uh, where I represented our department and marketing department uh, was just right towards the closing end of, of COVID and, and uh, my boss could not go. And yeah, I remember sitting there and we were at just, I don't want to say where we were because I really don't give away who I work for. Like uh, we, we were at a high end golf resort on the East coast with Michelin star restaurants. And, and I just, I remember sitting there and I'm just like, I have no idea how I'm here. I'm sitting at business dinners with the CEO, CMO, any other C's and any other O's that you can, you can yeah, find all the C's and the O's <laughs> along, along with a lot of really important other people customer wise for us. And I just, you know, but I remember I was given a piece of advice and they're like, you did the right thing to get to here. And as far as marketing goes, right. So I was just marketing specific for people thinking about getting into marketing. They're like, you're a customer, right? Somewhere for somebody. And I was like, well, yeah. They're like, just think like a customer. Don't worry about it. Just apply customer thought to everything you're going to do and you'll be okay. And it's really worked out well so far. <laughs> this is a great piece of advice. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, it makes sense. So they're you know, smart. That- they're smart, but there's just not this all knowing eye, right? It's not the eye of uh Sauron. 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 Yeah, the eye of Sauron. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's <laughs> changing careers is definitely, you don't, have, and that's the other thing too, right? You don't have to be an expert in it, right? I mean, everybody starts somewhere. So that's, that's really another good piece of advice, I think, is, is kind of figure out what it is you, you're going to, you want to do. You know, if you're interested in, you want to learn and, and network, meet people. And I think to your point, you were, somewhere with a bunch of people you didn't think you should be around, but turns out, hey, well, yeah, they just had some good advice for you. And sometimes 
just knowing people or talking to people is, is that first step that you need. So let's say, you know, I, I want to learn, I don't know, freaking, I want to become a tire recapper. I'm just going to pull something random out of the air. Um, you know, find, find people that do it today, you know, whatever that is, if it's tire recapper, Hey, just start meeting with people. Mm-hmm. You want to learn how to do power apps, then just say, Hey, I'm going to go on Twitter and find a bunch of people that do power apps and connect to them. See what they're doing. Listen to what they talk about. Learn. Yeah. Yeah. So right? I, I have like real estate. So it's very, very, very thing. Your circle, your circle is important. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even have to actually be real. Who you listen to and what you put inside your head is critical to this. I spent two and a half, three years listening to podcasts uh, while I was driving to work. I had a 30 minute drive each way. Now I'd listen to them on double speed. So I'd get two hours of podcast a day around real estate and real estate investing. And we own three rental properties currently and looking to grow. We own our own personal house and you can believe it or not, but I did that with very little money. In fact, the last two properties I've bought, I've been out of pocket net, nothing. Like I've literally bought them. I'm not going to bore everybody with real estate math here, but when people say, well, you are able to do that because you have money. Eddie will tell you, I started buying real estate when I had no money and yeah, I had enough. Like you can't do it with no money. I'm, I'm not saying you can't, but the point is I spent the two hours a day of, of two hours worth of podcast a day, learning about real estate, consuming everything I could getting motivational stuff, actually getting educational content. And occasionally I will get into a, a internet argument and, try not to let them drag me down to their level and beat me with experience. But it's a young lady who was talking about, she's going to go on strike this past Friday because there's going to be a nationwide strike, which I don't know about you. I don't see anywhere that got closed or interrupted. That's what I tried to tell her. I was like, I promise you everything's going to be open. I don't know who you're listening to. It's an echo chamber when you get inside of some of those communities. And she was saying she makes $14 an hour. She's a single mom. I have sympathy for that. And I, but I asked her a question online and she never replied to it or not with anything substantial. She, I said, what have you done in the last six months to better your situation personally? Okay. And I was like, have you taken a class? Have you learned a skill? Have you developed better interpersonal relationships with somebody? And the only thing she kept saying is I'm a single mom. I'm a single mom. And I was, it was on TikTok and, and I sat there and I looked through her feed and every day she was posting the equivalent of an hour and a half worth of content on TikTok, complaining about the system, complaining about how she only makes $14 and it's so hard being a single mom, an hour and a half. So I said, look, I get that maybe what I'm getting ready to say is nothing you want to do. So let's talk about wants and needs, right? When we talk about career change. You know, I'm a huge fan of Maslow's Maslow's Maslow 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 Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Sorry, the drugs are kicking in. I feel a lot better. Um, <laughs> so, look, it's prescribed painkillers for my urologist before I get taken down. Jesus, no, none of that. It's just it's prescribed painkillers. I have a kidney stone. Nobody throw the red flag and freaking push the button. I'm not advocating to do drugs. Uh, those are the other podcasts. That's not here. So anyway, the, the hierarchy, you have your needs, but the problem is everybody wants to go from having nothing. And I had friends that were like this, that I was trying to help from nothing with no support base, no structure, right? No bottom of the pyramid. They wanted to jump right to the top at the self-actualized version yeah. of themselves, which is all of our goal. You know, I, I want to be a pilot and Eddie wants to, I don't know, what is your like? Oh, you, the winery. You wanted a winery in Italy or some. BS. Anyway, whatever. I just, yeah. <laughs> so what? What? Whatever. A small goal. So, but the point right. is, she spent an hour and a half a day, and I said, you know, from a need standpoint, as a single mom, okay, Eddie's in IT, and I said, you've got uh, places like Coursera, Code Academy, uh, YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. just Your tons of places. There's a ton of them. Yeah, tons of places where you can sit down and learn to code for free, dude. What is the demand for people who can code? Oh God, yeah. Like developer I, jobs, it, it looked, now, it's di- it's died down a little bit in the last, you know, the, the economy's been where it is. Yeah, and so yeah, there've been layoffs, but still, okay. I mean, there's look, always even, a need. 
even at that, right? How many freelance jobs are there that you could pick up off of Fiverr? Oh, Just yeah. For basic, oh, no. basic stuff, right? 1500 bucks here, whatever. And, and as a single mom, someone make $40 an hour, you pick up an extra $100 on a side gig that you can knock out in two or three nights. It's a pretty good side hustle, right? Mm-hmm. So Just be the next I Flappy said, Bird rider, right? Yeah, right, Flappy Bird. Do whatever. So I'm like... You could do any of those. You could work on interpersonal skills and just get a better people job. The public library is free. Most of these classic books that teach you better personal skills, like how to win friends and influence people, which by the way, is a great book. Like you need to read that book. If you're serious about developing yourself and changing careers, you know, that um, never split the difference by uh, Voss is a great book to help you negotiate and get through things better. Just, I'm a huge, like, this is a real shelf back here. I've read every one of these books that are back here, okay? But the point is, she's spending an hour and a half a day minimum on TikTok. Who knows how much she's spending on other platforms on top of that? Now, people are like, well, you're on there hour and a half. My job is literally social media. I get paid (laughs) to make memes, and that is not a joke. My literal (laughs) job is social media. It's part of my job duties. So it's pretty cool. I do get paid to be on social media all day and make memes. My dream has come true. Uh, but my point here is like, so you want to change careers or you're in a position where you're making $14 an hour. You've got a kid. What do I do? I live in a small town. The era of remote work is here. I work remote. Eddie works mostly remote. Yeah. Uh, you know, the job skills you can learn online through YouTube. If you're listening to this, you're listening to a podcast, you can listen to podcasts about a real job skill. So you got to trade off. You know, now my trade-off is I have four kids, right? I'm super busy. You want to know what I don't do? I don't play video games. I don't watch TV. I don't keep up with sports. I don't go fishing. I don't go hunting. I don't do any of those things. Okay? So it's almost awkward. Like that corporate conversation, hey, did you see the game this weekend? Because that does actually come up every Monday during football season when I'm on a call with somebody. And I'm like, don't keep up with sports. Hey, did you watch that? Don't watch TV. People are flabbergasted. I've not watched television like like regularly. When I say watch TV, I'm like, people are like, oh, I don't miss the show. I love it. Have you seen Yellowstone? Have you seen? uh, I still haven't seen Yellowstone. Probably the closest thing I got into was Mandalorian. But I would binge watch. Like that would be like, I wouldn't watch it, wouldn't watch it. And then like go a couple months and I'd like, okay, I'm going to watch like six episodes. And I would just sit down literally at nighttime and you know, watch them every night at bedtime and be tired the next morning, which sucked. (laughs) But right. I mean, the point is like that sacrifice of self to get to the thing that you want is, you know, you don't have to do that for a career change if you're ready to make that. But when you're talking about career changing and you're not ready and you're like, man, I wish I could get a corporate job and I could sit at home and have a microphone and do remote work. You guys just don't know what it's like to work hard, Uh, man. When I was 20 years old, I was walking to and from work at Chick-fil-A, making Chick-fil-A money as a married adult at 20 years old with no car, living with family. I I, I would beg to differ, and we'll to hold another episode. Maybe we'll talk about rebuilding your life and depression and all that. would be a great episode, but Eddie will tell you. I was a late thirties year old male with no job and no money living with mom and dad. So I, I promise you that, you know, the, where I'm at in life, I have built in just the last 10 years, literally the last 2013 was a horrible year for me. This is the end of 2023. This is about where things started to turn 10 years ago. Uh, still, still had a few bad decisions that involve some music. Cities. Yeah, we always and, make bad decisions, though. It yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you're going to make bad yeah. decisions. And, and I know that's off a career change, but I guess the, the point I'm trying to make about changing is at the end of the day, what really mattered was I owned it. It's, yeah. it's, it's Absolutely. extreme accountability to make the decision and the effort to go do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you've got to be willing to do it. And again, that goes back to the initial point of getting out of your comfort zone, right? Once you once you're out of that comfort zone, you're you're talking to people, you're 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 sacrificing time. And again, I'm like you, I don't watch much TV. I do keep up with sports. I, I'm big in baseball. I'm big into you know, I coach baseball. Um, my youngest son plays. Um, I'm uh, hockey. I'm a diehard. I mean, hello, I'm a diehard hockey fan. I mean, you can see stuff back here. I love hockey. Um, 
And, you know, so I do keep up with hockey and baseball, uh, not much on football. Again, I don't watch much TV. There's a handful of shows that I will watch when they're on. Um, But most of the time I get stuff DVR'd and I watch it whenever I get time, which is not often. So, yeah, I don't keep up. I don't watch a lot of, never watched Game of Thrones, never watched, you know, Yellowstone, haven't, Mandalorian, I watched first two seasons and that was it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, or no, I only watched the first season. Ugh. Shows you how long it's been, right? Yeah. But it's like, I've got so many things that are going on in my life, just, you know, day to day things between work and then also family. But it's still, it's like, I, I've got a, I've got things that I need to learn, right? And I'm still, I mean, I switched careers four years ago. I mean, even in then, I've switched roles three times in the last four years um, before I finally landed the role I'm in now, been in for a year and a half, but it's in a completely different field. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working in an accessibility field. I'm working in the legal department at my company, you know, doing that's a a far cry from being, you know, when you started IT. Yeah. I mean, really his first IT job out of the Navy, you work for a temp agency. Yeah, uh, it was contract. Yeah, I was a uh, contracted uh, desktop support guy for yeah. for about so he, a month or so. So he's went from desktop support at a <laughs> yeah. at an agency, temp agency, basically. To yeah. he works for a in the legal department, very high up in accessibility, for a very large and very <laughs> well known. Yes. Yeah, we're, software we're, company. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to say who, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's not hard large. to figure out if you if you look me up, you'll see where I work. But I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those things where, and it, it's a completely different role. I think one of the things that ended up landed me here was, you know, it was I knew that I needed to change when I left the the financial institution I worked at for almost 20 years for a couple of reasons. One, I'd been there forever, um, and and anyone. Uh, and I, as much as I hate to say this, I will kind of give the younger generations a little bit of credit for doing something that Gen X don't do. So anyone who knows, anyone who's gen, in Gen X, you all know we are we are loyal. We are, hey, when I start work here, I, this is my career. I'm going to be here for 20 years and then I'm going to retire or 25 years or whatever. And that's the way we were. It's the way we were brought up and that's what we were. Um, in today's society, it's not necessarily the best way to get ahead financially um, no. because a lot of companies will just keep you at the minimum pay increase year after year after year, um, and mm-hmm. they just take advantage of that loyalty. Um, and so I will give the younger generations credit for jumping ship every couple of years to, to improve their financial situation. I still don't like it. Um, no, I, mean, because way- I think we've, we've both seen that. You know, at some level, I mean, it's good. You can move up. And I mean, I'm at the point where, you know, so I changed career fields internally. So at the same company doing mm-hmm. a different thing. And it, it made a lot of logical sense how I ended up here because I was an expert about what we do at the field level. Um, but it, it can equate to somebody who gets the the bare minimum ability to do the job role. And then they switch because there's such a need for people to fill the job role. And once you've worked at a major company, I mean, I have recruiters reach out to me and I am loyal and I have a great mentor here. I have a great boss. I have a great work environment. My ability to work remote, the flexibility, I also have flex scheduling. So those who don't know what flex scheduling is, um, I don't really have a set number of hours I work. I am a production kind of level employee. I have a lot of projects and things that I do. Uh, now I will tell you that I, and I truthfully do work more than 40 hours a week. And I actually take off less time now than I did when I ran stores because my vacation time is not measured or, or metered. So, but that's also like yesterday was Saturday. I took a phone call yesterday morning and had to go fix some things for somebody and there is a customer issue. So anyway, point is that I am, those benefits matter. And having looked around and actually had some conversations with recruiters when they're talking about, oh, well, this is what it pays. What do you make? And I was like, ah, it's total compensation, right? Because that's a real, it's a real mm-hmm. level yep. of discussion. It's benefits, and and uh, yeah, my benefits are not as good as Eddie's, uh, you know. But you recently, I mean, you're more—he's more hybrid now. He's kind of required to go to the office a couple of days a week, and and I'm not. 
So I'm still fully remote. My job will probably always be fully remote. And that's important with small kids. Now, if I'm older, you know, he's got one kid who's in, in school. Everybody else has graduated and cars driving themselves. So he's, he's in a different situation. But, you know, when I tell them that, they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's nice. Like that's, you know, like during COVID, that was the norm. But now that's really backing off mm-hmm. a lot. And they're like, if that's worth quite a bit of money. And it is. I'm under no illusion that just my ability to be 100% remote, the flexibility I have. Time is money, dude. It, yeah, I mean, it's and that's what it is right now, especially in my life with, with the small kids. Um, I also Absolutely. I get to do really cool stuff at my job that if I change careers, uh, I would probably not be in that role, at least not immediately or at the level that I'm at. I can tell you that I manage sponsorships for my company. And if there's any kind of guests about sponsorships, <laughs> um, I get to to meet some pretty famous people and talk to them on a somewhat yeah, regular no. basis and have that relationship with them uh, to where they know me by name. And if they saw me by face, they would know who I am, which is not an ego driven thing, but it is a cool perk of the job. I'm not going to lie. I get to bring some really cool things to life for other people. Uh, and to have a say in that environment is, well, uh, I, I'm very respectful of it because it's people who have built a lot more than, than I've built. So, you know, I, I guess my point there is, uh, you know, look at the full package, like when you're going to change careers too. And, and oh, yeah. money is money. If you're making $14 an hour, I get it. Like you got to go where there's more money. If you're making $20 an hour, you got to go where there's more money. Uh, it, but at some point money stops becoming the driving force. And yeah, I'm right on the, the cusp of that really where another 20 grand a year isn't like, it's not going to do a ton for me personally at home. But if I had to trade that for my time and my flexibility, I'm not going to make that jump. I'm oh, yeah. Not. Well, I mean, that's part of part of why I'm here, too. Right. I mean, yeah. obviously, I made part of the reason I made the jump was money. Obviously, I mean, that's always a motivator, but there was more to it, too. I did. There were some. The work I was doing. I, I, I feel like. While it was good work and, you know, some of it was getting recognized, it, I, I didn't feel like I had an impact, right? So there wasn't anything positive mm-hmm. for me. I just was going to work and making widgets, whatever it may be for that time, you know. And now, now I'm at a place where I, where I feel like, like I really, I, I'm really, um, make a difference, right? I mean, the work that I do is, it is impacting people's lives, right? You know, globally. day to day. I, I am globally. globally. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm striving. I work in the accessibility space. I, I strive to make products more accessible. And, and when I say accessible, it's not accessible in purchasing. It's for, for people with disabilities. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem to ring a lot, but you don't realize what a lot of people don't realize is one in every eight person in this planet suffers from a disability, right? I mean, that's over a mm-hmm. billion people in this world that that are um, have some form of disability. Some you can see, some you can't. And when you stop and think about it for a second, everybody at some point in their lives is going to be impacted. I mean, I'm losing my hearing, losing my sight. The older I get. Hey, what? Hey. Exactly. Well, yeah, my wife will tell you, I just selective hearing, but I'm like, no, I really... 12 years of DJing. And if any of you are interested in changing careers to a DJ, I will tell you if you're going to DJ, wear freaking monitors or hearing protection because I have done so much irreversible damage to my ears from playing loud gigs and not wearing earplugs or, or monitors, please. Um, But anyway, I got a little bit off year. I wasn't wearing earplugs to the races. Uh, yeah, and, no, it's uh, it's. I, I say to the races, y'all. Like, I'm not talking about like I'm up in the stands. I mean, I'm talking. I'm standing right next to the race car. And uh, this year, I've made it a point to always make sure I have ear protection, earplugs with me, uh, because yeah, you you leave one of those and your ears are ringing uh, pretty pretty heavily. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that episode of Archer where he's like, you know, like what? Can't hear. No, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, meet people. Soak up as much as you can. Be a sponge, right? Learn, learn, learn. Um, 
that kind of stuff is is going to help you, right? I mean, you have to be willing to you have to be willing to do the work, right? Yeah. Be humble, and it was what I told told one of the people oh, I was yeah. talking to this past week. I said, but I was like, you want to know? It's also truth is most people end up in these situations where they're changing career fields at a higher level, like you and I did, uh, right. and like you know, people. It's we're humble enough to be like, man, like I just like your story about Neil Armstrong humble enough and gracious enough to be like, I'm just not as good as these guys. Right. And you really believe that. But so part of overcoming imposter syndrome and the fear of being there, you, you actually do have to have a little more swagger and a little more ego in yourself. I'm not saying be brash and, uh, egocentric, but you, you do have to actually believe you're capable and you have to visualize and manifest like this is who I am. Yes, I'm acting the part and to get you kind of going, that helps. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're having a meeting with somebody, it'll just click one day, right? Like, I don't know what's like, you're just having it and you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm the guy who does this or I'm the girl who does this. Uh, and yeah, a, l- a little bit of ego helps to to overcome it. Um, you know, my mentor, uh, so when I was telling him I was having imposter syndrome, um, he was just like, you. He was like, you know my backstory. He's like, look at me. You know, this guy's executive level now. And he's like, really? He was like, that that guy, that that guy that used to write tickets in a garage. He was like, he's running companies. He was like, he's like, he's like, he goes, man, he's like, you're just in marketing. <laughs> he he keeps it real like that sometimes. But uh yeah, yeah, that's I guess, I, I don't know. I guess that's the best advice I've got for people. Just take the jump. You can always go back and do what you were doing. Nothing ventured, mm-hmm. nothing lost. And, you know, but it might just work out. And when it does, you're going to feel like you don't belong there. So just flow with it. Get a little more ego. Understand that you wouldn't be put in the position. If you feel like everybody in the room is smarter than you, I, you know, I'm going to tell a story this way. And then I'm going to end on this and we'll get going because we're at like the hour mark here. Oh, yeah. But after my divorce... I went through a manhole phase. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. You know, we've all been there. Anyway, and I was dating girls, and, and I was really just beating up on myself, right? And uh, this girl I was seeing at the time, she was just like, she said, whoa, 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 whoa. She goes, I'm not going to sit here and listen to you talk crap about yourself and that you are you don't have anything to offer, you're not attractive, you're not... Uh, you know, you're not somebody who's capable of success. Like, I'm not going to listen to that. She goes, and I'm going to tell you why. And she goes, and you haven't thought about this. She goes, it's insulting to me that you say that because that means that I have low standards. And one, I date fugly people. And two, that I date people who have no future and no ability to have a future. And she goes, and that's not who I am. Ouch. Yeah. You know, it shut me up. It shut me <laughs> up and snapped me out of it. Um, and, oh. you know, the lesson learned there. So, right. So the point about if you're in a room with these people and these are the people who hired you and then some of them chose to put you in this room, then they're not really all that smart. If you're not that smart, then they're not that smart because they couldn't see through a BS. Right. Or they are that smart and they recognize and see the potential. That's the, the point I'm making. No, no. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean, it's, it's a, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you you got to realize that yeah, I'm these people may figure you out, but the reality of it is they already have figured you out. I think is is kind of the the, the crux Absolutely. of that issue, and they figured out 100%. that you're you're worth taking that that chance on because either a they see that you have the ability to learn, you have the ability to grow, or you just have the drive, and then sometimes that's all they want, right? Driving I mean, adaptability have, will get you further than any kind of knowledge level. Driving well, adaptability. And there's there's a reason why there's folks are willing to hire military veterans without a lot of experience in a particular area, and that's because they know they're trainable and they're willing to learn. They are adaptable. Um and, yeah. and they, they get things done. They're you know, and, and they have this just ingenuity that that sometimes you know, gets overlooked. So yeah, don't, don't doubt yourself. Um, 
And hey, I mean, if you need somebody to yell at you, feel free. Ping us. Ping us on social media. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll yell at you and tell you, hey, man, you, you could do this. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think anybody can do it. it it's it's. Uh, but I see a lot of people, and I've talked to a lot of people, with really the wrong mindset. It, it, yeah. it's, it's they're trapped in their own my situation so bad and you have no idea and they're comfortable there instead of going out and trying. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, let's wrap it up there, bro. Uh, any, any parting words? No, I think we, I think we worded it to death today. I think we did too, man. I think we did too. All hopefully, right. Y'all. Hopefully it'll be a good episode. Hopefully you folks will, will get some, some use out of us. Uh, leave us some comments, leave us some feedback. Let us know what you yeah. think. Yeah, let us know. Probably the first 10 or so, we're on three, maybe five. Going to get recorded before we put them out. That way we get a buffer. Uh, and then after that, comments and feedback. Much appreciated on which direction will you like? What segments? What do you want to hear about? Do we talk too much? Do you not care? Do I need to tell more jokes? Would you like to see a meme? Uh, <laughs> I can whip one up for you. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, right. I've got a ton of memes. I'm going to go enjoy my pain medicine uh, for my kidney stone and get some rest tomorrow's labor day so if you want to win a recording this uh it is sunday the day before labor day in the year of our lord 2023 and yeah so have a great labor day even if you're watching this somewhere in the future and have a great holiday <sighs> yeah all right see you bro all right have a good one